I felt like I just wanted this morning things to feel a little different, a little less formal, right? Um, that's why I decided to sit in a chair. I normally don't do that. Um, Silas is like, yeah, that's good. Just do that. Sit in that chair. Um, so me and the, uh, the whole family yesterday went to Dixon, went to the movie theater. And the last time our entire family went to a movie theater, just us, I think it was Toy Story. And um, we couldn't make it through the whole movie because um, one of our boys was pretty upset about the teddy bear and how mean he became, right? <clears throat> so yesterday, we decided to try this again. That's been, what, 15 years ago so, something like that? So yesterday, we decided to try this again, except we went to a different kind of movie. We went to a movie called The Blind, if you've never heard it or heard of it, um, I will suggest that you go see it. I'm going to, I'm not going to give you a, well, I'll go ahead and give you some spoilers here. Um, if, uh, if you've ever seen the, the show Duck Dynasty, you know Phil Robertson. Phil Robertson is who this movie is based on. It's his life story. Um, after the movie, we got in the truck and we just, I started asking questions like what was, uh, what was the best part of the movie for you? Or what did you get out of the movie the most? Or what were you most disappointed in in the movie? And we were just talking as a family. It was really, it was really a, a great conversation. One of our, I think one of our best family days in a long time. Um, I so enjoyed it. Really, really did. Um, one of the things that I felt like I was a little disappointed in was... I felt like we just got a glimpse of Phil's life pre-Jesus and we just got a glimpse of his life post-Jesus. And I thought, you know, you're trying to shove, I think he was 27 or 28 when he accepted Jesus. You're trying to shove 27 or 28 years into, a, into about an hour in a movie and then you're trying to shove that the movie only portrayed about 10 years after salvation. You're trying to put about 10 years into about 20 or 30 minutes at the end of the movie. Of course, it's going to feel like a glimpse. And I feel like when I read the Gospels, I feel like I'm just getting a glimpse into Jesus' life. And we're even told so. The scripture, I don't remember exactly where it's found, but it says if everything were to be written, books could not contain. So yes, the gospels are literally a glimpse into the life and ministry of Jesus. It's like the highlights. In Phil's case, we've seen the lowlights pre-Christ. But it's just a glimpse so last week we started reading in John chapter 1. We're going to read a little bit more um, out of that chapter. But I want us to understand that we're just getting a glimpse into Jesus' life. We were, yesterday when we walked into the movie theater, first time this has ever happened in my life, ever. But we walked into the movie theater and 
I walked up and I said, I need five tickets for the blind. And he said, well, you're only going to have to pay for two. And I looked at him and I was like, huh? He said, you're only going to have to pay for two. And I'm thinking, now, I know Jay and Ben, they look young, but they don't look five. And I was like, what do you mean I'm only, I've only got to pay for two? He said, well, a little while ago we had a guy come in and give $200 to buy tickets for however many people it would pay for, and you got the last three, so you only have to pay for two people. And I thought, this is a great family day, you know? Um, I was thinking, man, if we went to a car lot and we were offered a great deal, this would just top the day off. That didn't happen, but um, anyways, so going in there yesterday and receiving the blessing of three free tickets was awesome, and I just want you to know this morning, all of your tickets are free. They, they were paid for 2,000 years ago. So you guys should be sitting here realizing today is a great family day. If you don't feel like part of the family, I'll just be really blunt. It's not my fault. Because I'm going to love you. I don't care who you are. I don't care what you look like or what you've done. I'm going to love you. Okay, let's jump in. Uh, John chapter 1, verses 9 through 13 says this, the true light. Hmm. Boy, I didn't make it very far, did I? I want to stop right there, the true light. I'll finish reading it in just a second. Did you guys, I don't know, maybe you guys know this already, I, I don't know if you if you do or not, but I feel like this is one of those things that I knew a long time ago, but I'm learning more as I get older. But it's this, that every truth that God has given or provided us, the enemy has a counterfeit for it. Did you know that? And I feel like the, the difficult thing in, a, in the world that we live in today is knowing and identifying what is truth and what is counterfeit. That's a difficult thing. And you would think, man, that's easy. No, it's not easy. The only way you would know if you have counterfeit money in your wallet is if you were to look at and study the real thing day in and day out, then the counterfeit would be obviously counterfeit. But if you don't study the real true dollars every day, then a counterfeit will slip right past you and you won't even know it. What's the same thing with the truth of God's word? If we don't spend time studying and knowing the truth of God's word day in and day out, then the counterfeits will slip right past us. And you say, no, I, I believe me, I would know that. Really? Eve didn't catch it. Neither did Adam. The most, in, the most impressive part of that 
is they walked with God in the garden daily. And they didn't catch the counterfeit. Anyways, John says in in, uh, chapter 1, starting in verse 9, he says, The true light, which gives light to everyone, was coming into the world. He was in the world, and the world was made through him, yet the world did not know him. He came to his own, and his own people did not receive him. Okay, I'm going to stop right there again. Why would his own people not receive him? I mean, so technically Israel, Jewish people, would be his own people. And even today, most of them are still waiting for the Messiah because they don't believe Jesus was the real Messiah. Why would his own people reject him? It says he, he came to his own people and his own people didn't even know him. Well, maybe they didn't know him because they knew him. That's a little strange, isn't it? Maybe the problem was they all knew that he was the carpenter's son. Maybe the problem was they all knew this was the kid that lived around the corner. Y'all know about the kids that live around the corner, right? I'm sorry, dogs. They threw rocks at my dog when I was a kid. Or they tormented the whole neighborhood. Like, we know that's not who Jesus was, but the Jewish people knew Jesus as flesh and blood, and that was the problem for them. They knew that Jesus did not fit the box they expected him in. Jesus did not fit what they anticipated as the Messiah. Verse 12 says, But to all who did receive him, Uh, That means that some did. Some received him. Maybe not all, but some received him. But to all who did receive him, that's some really inclusive language there. You know what? Let me, you know what? Here's the interesting part for me. When that guy yesterday walked back into that movie theater, and he gave them $200 and says, this goes for all as many tickets as it, as it will purchase. When the money runs out, the tickets run out. You know what they didn't say? They didn't say five-year-olds are excluded. They didn't say you cannot give these tickets to teenagers. They did not say you can give these tickets to only teenagers, but adults have to pay for themselves. What they said was, is here is $200, purchase as many tickets as you can with $200. And then the next 200 people that walk in, they get a free ticket. It didn't matter if they were black or white. It didn't matter if they were 5, 15, or 50. It didn't matter if they were Jewish or Gentile. It didn't matter if they were male or female. Hold on, everybody get ready. It didn't matter if they were struggling with their sexual identity or not. It did not matter. And right here it says to 
all. That means if you're 5 or you're 15 or you're 50, that means if you're black, white, Jewish, or Gentile, that means if you're gay or if you're straight or if you're struggling to know the difference. I know this is not popular communication right now. But it says to all who received Jesus. To all who received him, who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God who were born not of blood nor of the will of the flesh or, nor of the will of the flesh nor of the will of man but of God I had an aha moment now about 12 years ago we had a group that was meeting at our house and the guy that was leading the group his name was Steve uh, his name was Steve great guy love him to death and he was sharing that night and I don't remember if it was this particular scripture or or, or if it was a different scripture but it said something right along the same lines it says to all who believed in Christ have the right to become a child of God. And after he said it, I said, hold on, wait a minute. He stopped and he looked at me. I said, back up and read that again. And he read it again. And I said, hold on a minute, stop. I need you to back up and read it again. There's something that's, that's catching my attention. He read it again and I said, can I just ask that we all just be quiet just for a minute? I said, I'm not trying to be rude, but like, I'm trying to process something and I'm not really sure what it is just yet. It was one of the it was one of those dense moments like you know something's happening but the elevator doesn't seem to reach the top floor right then. It's kind of how it felt. And they were like, "Yeah, that's sure, it's fine." And we sat there and I read it again and it clicked. And I remember looking at Steve and I said, "Become and he said, yes, Scott, that's what it says. We all have the right to become a child of God. And I said, wait a minute. To become something means that you're in the process of. And he looked at me. And for me, in, in that moment, and even today, I'm sitting here and I'm going, I'm still becoming like Christ. I never, I've never in the last 12 years, I've never hit a point where I have achieved Christ's likeness. I'm still becoming like him. And y'all, there's so many of you guys in here that I think so highly of. So y'all, you have no idea how much respect I have for so many of you guys. But I look at you and I realize something. You're still becoming like Christ. 
you're not there yet either. You know what that means? That means that when you fall short, I should expect that. Because you've not achieved Christ-like perfection yet. Right? And you know something else? That means when I fall short, you you guys should expect that also because I've not reached Christ-like perfection yet. What John is sitting here and communicating to us in essence is the true light is here. We have the truth. We have the truth in the palm of our hand. Literally today, we have the truth in most of our front pockets, easily accessible. But oftentimes, we reject it. Not intentionally, oh, and definitely not verbally, outwardly, where anybody could hear us. But what John is saying is the truth, the true Christ, the Messiah, the Son of God. He left the right hand of the Father. Why? So that He could be present with us. So that we would have the truth. And we could learn the truth to be active and effective in our lives. Now, I'm I'm going to close things out this morning because what I want us to walk away with today, for real, y'all, what I want us to walk away with today is the mindset that I have not like got to this point where I've arrived. But I want us to understand just because just because I have not arrived, that doesn't mean that somebody else has. See, Scripture tells us that none of us have arrived. We have accepted Christ, we've received Him, and now we're becoming Christ-like. We are becoming like Jesus. That should not be an overwhelming statement. That should be a relief. It should be a relief because the Lord knew the day that we believed in Jesus that from that day forward, we would be in a process of becoming like Him. That should be a a free place for us to sit and to dwell. I'm going to ask if you guys will just stand with me this morning.